You're listening to Ink and Sage, a tiny podcast for writers. Learning to be a better writer by reading and reacting to first paragraphs. My name is Sage. Let's get into the ink. Hi folks, this is episode 9 and I want to start off by apologising for a mistake I made in last week's episode. During my reaction to the opening of Storm Pence's Dark Spawn, I accidentally said it's more showing than telling, when what I meant was it's more telling than showing. I think most of you took it the way I meant it instead of the way I actually said it, but I apologise for any confusion I caused. I've had some feedback that people find it helpful when I repeat the line I'm looking at when I do my reactions, so I'll try to be mindful of that. If you have any other feedback, comments or suggestions, please feel free to drop me a line on Twitter or email, or in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube. And now, on with the show. As ever, I'm not an expert. My intention is to be positive and helpful, and my opinions do not reflect the author's worth as people or as writers. Please ensure adequate sodium intake with this podcast. No Title Nancy by Donna de Oliveira I stand on the hill behind my home as the acrid smoke stings my nose and eyes. Even this far away, the flames scorch my skin, but I can't seem to turn away. I've stood in this spot many times before, and the view is always tranquil, a breeze whispering through the grass while the silver light of the moon dusts the deep blue of the hills. Now, though, there is an unending roar in my ears, and the house shines a violent shade of orange, washing the surrounding area in an unnatural glow. The flames writhe and twist, choking memories of my childhood. When the roof caves in, I feel a tug on my hand, but still I watch until all that remains is naked walls and a dull throbbing in my chest. I like this opening a lot. There's a good sense of place in it, and I think it conveys the sense of devastation quite well. Let's go through line by line, shall we? I stand on the hill behind my home as the acrid smoke stings my nose and eyes. Good, I've nothing to say there. Even this far away, the flames scorch my skin, but I can't seem to turn away. I can almost feel this line, but I would say it's always best to ditch the word seem. It's vague and hedgy, and it doesn't add anything. Even this far away, the flames scorch my skin, but I can't turn away. I've stood in this spot many times before, and the view is always tranquil. This line I'm less sure about. Does it add to the story? Does it give us information that we A. need and B. didn't have before? I don't think it does. I would usually cut it. However, the next line and the one following it depend on this one. So perhaps changing it from the view is always tranquil to the view has always been tranquil would help. A breeze whispering through the grass while the silver light of the moon dusts the deep blue of the hills. I would also say that this doesn't necessarily need to be a separate sentence. I would combine it with the previous one, but I understand this is a stylistic choice, so that's all good. Now, though, there is an unending roar in my ears, and the house shines a violent shade of orange, washing the surrounding area in an unnatural glow. The one thing I'm not sold on in this sentence is the word shines. I think it feels too light and benevolent for what's happening on the page. Perhaps something like blazes or smolders might work better. The flames writhe and twist, choking memories of my childhood. 
This is good, very evocative. When the roof caves in, I feel a tug on my hand, but still I watch until all that remains is naked walls and a dull throbbing in my chest. Another good sentence, and exactly the right kind of gut-punching hook to keep the reader reading. So very well done, Donna. Thanks for sending that in, and I hope to see more from you soon. New Worlds by Chrissy Kruger Mera awoke, kicking and screaming, as she was about to be set to sleep for six months for a fight she didn't start and didn't defend herself in. She realized that in fact she screamed in silence and could not move. Her one leg was in traction. What she also noticed was that this was not the back room of the Asylum for the Undead and Magical Beings, but a total different type of hospital. Where was she? What was this place? I want to preface this by saying that English is not the author's home language, so there are some grammar mistakes that can be attributed to that. There's a certain amount of direct translation that happens when one thinks in one language and writes in another. And I think that writing creatively in a second language is something to be praised and encouraged. So if you have any comments, and remember comments are welcome, please be kind. We are positive and helpful here. Overall, I like the idea of it. I think it's interesting and something I haven't seen before. With that in mind, let's look at the paragraph in more detail. Mera awoke kicking and screaming as she was about to be set to sleep for six months for a fight she didn't start and didn't defend herself in. I don't know if I would say awoke here. To me that suggests that she was asleep voluntarily, which doesn't make sense in the context of the scene. I think I would go with something like came to instead. Kicking and screaming is also something of a cliché. I would try to word this in a more interesting way. I think there's a typo here as well. It should say sent to sleep instead of set to sleep. And I think it would make more sense to say for a fight she hadn't started and hadn't defended herself in. The way I read it, I thought she was being put to sleep to act as some sort of dream cannon fodder in an upcoming fight, which I think is most likely not what the author intended. She realized that in fact she screamed in silence and could not move. The sentence is fine, but it could be tighter. I would ditch in fact, it doesn't add anything. I think I would say something like, she realized her screams were silent and she couldn't move. Her one leg was in traction. This is one of those direct translations I was talking about earlier. It is grammatically correct in Afrikaans, and would be accepted as vernacular speech in South Africa, but should more properly be written as one of her legs was in traction. I think if this is intended for a purely South African or Southern African market, then I would probably let the vernacular slide, provided it was maintained consistently throughout the book, but I think the international market would struggle with it. What she also noticed was that this was not the back room of the Asylum for the Undead and Magical Beings, but a total different type of hospital. Again, I think this is a thinking in one language, writing in another thing. It's not wrong per se, but a little clumsily worded. I would rewrite as, she also noticed that this was not the back room of the Asylum for the Undead and Magical Beings, but a totally different type of hospital. There's also some capitalization of important things here, as seen in previous episodes, but it's only one important thing, and so can be used to great effect. I would just like to point out that the word order in the important thing is a little ambiguous. The Asylum for the Undead and Magical Beings makes it sound like the beings it serves are both undead and magical simultaneously. 
I don't think that's what the author intended, so I would probably do a little rearranging of words. The Asylum for Magical Beings and the Undead makes it clear that it serves both undead beings and magical beings, and potentially beings that fit into both categories. Where was she? What was this place? These sentences are fine, but they're not grabbing me. I would cut them and end on the stronger, more exciting line that comes before. Thanks so much for your submission, Chrissy. I hope my comments weren't too discouraging. That's all for today. If you'd like to submit your first paragraph, please email inkandsage.podcast at gmail.com. Be sure to include your name or pen name and the title of your work. If you'd prefer to remain anonymous, just say so in the email. If you've enjoyed this episode, please consider rating and reviewing on iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast. You can also follow at Ink and Sage Pod on Twitter. Transcripts and show notes are available on www.sgdwrites.com under the podcast tab. The theme music is Continue Life by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech. Link in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and until the next episode, happy writing.